Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Glacial Multimedia's podcast series. My name is Daryl Quinlan. I will be your moderator today. I'm also the local search director and reputation management guru here at Glacial. Do a quick round of introductions, starting off on my left. Hi, this is Hannah Witten, Director of Client Services. And next up. Hi, I'm Michael Dubkowski, Digital Marketing Consultant. And a very special guest doing his second appearance on the podcast today. Say hello, sir. Sam Surprise from Surprise Advertising. Pleasure to have you here once again, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, Sam. Yeah, it's always good to have a non-glacial person yeah, on absolutely. the podcast. Sometimes we get a little bit overflowing with glacial. Awesome. <laughs> so, Sam, welcome. <laughs> I like to contribute. And we brought in Sam for today's topic because I think he's going to bring a, a slightly different perspective than what ours would be. We focus a lot on the digital world. Sam does um, some some more traditional marketing, and we work very closely with him on many with many clients. So today's topic, which I think is going to be kind of a fun one, so hopefully you will as well. Uh, this is basically we're going to talk about when to tell a client no. So what we mean by that is it's going to break down into two different kind of areas. One, if we have a campaign that we're working on, like a social media campaign, a branding campaign, an AdWords campaign, and it's just not going that well, how do we have those conversations with our clients? And then also, how can we and how do we effectively tell a client, that's a really good idea, but we may want to consider doing it in a different fashion. Because clients have ideas. They're very strong-willed at times, and that's completely fine. We work very well with those those people. But sometimes we have to steer them on a, to a different path. So with that in mind, this is just going to be a free form today. Let's talk about the first aspect of it. When we have an effective campaign, how do we actually approach a client and say, okay, this really isn't working the way we want it to? I mean, for me, it's just kind of end of the month, checking the reports, seeing how many leads we got, if it's lead related, what was the goal the whole time, and did we achieve that goal at the end of the month? If not, maybe it's something to do with the budget. So just going back to the specialists that ran ran the campaign for us, trying to see what we could do better on our end without having to really impact the client too much, and going from there. For me, I think it, you know, I, I have an AdWords story, you know, and I think I, when I immediately think, you know, when you need to have the conversation about is AdWords effective, and I think sure. what makes AdWords so easy is that everything's trackable. Yes. So we really, it's not like, oh, we're guessing with radio or we're guessing with this or that. It's like, you know, we know we spent X amount of dollars, we know we got X amount of calls, and we know we got X amount of forms. So I'm thinking about two different markets. You know, obviously, you guys know I do a lot with the LASIK business. So I'm thinking of one market that's kind of in, near Clearwater, Florida, and I'm thinking of it, the other market is Cleveland. And I'm thinking about the results I got from those two different markets. The practice in Clearwater, that's generally speaking so, a somewhat of an older population there. Sure. Ran a LASIK campaign in there and just, just nothing. Wow. I mean, probably, you know, a pretty significant spend. And just, I, I mean, we'd have been lucky at over 30 days to get one lead. Wow. You know, whereas Cleveland, yeah, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of leads, same budget, uh, literally cost per acquisition of about $16. Wow. So, nice. like, unfortunately, you have to tell a client in Florida, hey, you know, this just isn't working. This isn't working. You know, and so it's, it, you know, it, as you know, I'm very bullish on AdWords. <laughs> yes. I think I, I recommend AdWords first to most people I work with, but. Um, in this case, you know, it didn't, didn't work. 
So I have to kind of own up and be like, this just isn't an effective use of your dollars here. Let's switch those to something different. And and to Sam, a, a more effective switch of the dollars may be to radio or television where we're going to capture more of that like older segment of people yep. that we're not getting on Google. So sometimes it's not just – I mean – I, th- I think Hannah makes a good point. Both of you make a good point that you have to give these things time before you just instantly step in and say, yeah, okay, this doesn't work. In a month, you adjust. You Two months, you adjust again. Three months, okay, now it's time to maybe have that kind of conversation. Sam, I know you deal with a lot of different aspects of marketing overall. When have you had situations where you've had to start a campaign, like maybe a radio spot ad uh, in conjunction with a social campaign or something, and then said, yeah, okay, that totally did not work. Let's try something else. I think um, whenever we do a a campaign, um, there's a couple things that happen. One, clients, I have a lot of retail clients, as well as less less service-driven. And retail clients look to how many sales they got that month. So it's a hard measure. Um, So they say, well, you know, we didn't get what we thought we were going to get. We only got 100 sales, you know, of this item. So you've got to kind of get, well, did you compare it to last year at this time? What were the issues? Let's look at the messaging. Why are you responding? You know, is it real? We make them measure it. You know, if it is real that their sales are off, we try to look at why first before we pull the plug on something to find out. Is there something in the market that's competitive at that time? Did something right. still did your competitor come out with a lower price? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. That it's sales a reason that people that come back to you, clients do and say this isn't working. Or is it somebody said something to them? Oh, I don't like it. Somebody said, you know, I'm getting a lot of calls because people are complaining about the ad. Well, how many is a lot of calls? Two, three, two. Yeah, two. I was say. Three. <laughs> usually you, those statements are made with very little evidence. That's right. And usually it's a friend who was at the bowling alley with them or at the golf course that said, I think that you sound stupid. So, you know, but their sales could be up. So what do you do? You know, so you kind of, you walk them through. The first thing I do is I try to show them what their competitors are doing. You know, here's what they're doing in the marketplace. This is why we picked this tract. Right. Because we thought we'd stand out. Were you branding or was there a call to action? Different kinds of responses. You know, your sales aren't going to go up with branding for three months. Or four right. months or six months. So, you know, you got to hold on to your, your uh, original strategy and that kind of thing. I think so, you make a good point there with the branding, Sam. And I think the more as we we've, are finding these really lovely spots with digital and branding and, and, and some really cost-effective places with this, um, I think, you know, people need to get used to the fact that when it's branding, we're not worried about right. the effect the lead on leads generation. and yeah. generation. We simply chalk that up to branding and top of mind awareness and you're going to make a significant amount of sales if you have that right and you and stick to it very difficult to yeah. measure though you know very difficult you to know. measure and you need i think in a good strategy you need to have a price leader in there from time to time you know something that will pop it up to get to show an immediate result for a month but branding's not for a month branding is branding is ongoing. six months forever yeah. a year forever and do you pull it back you know when do you pull it back you know saying no is always hard for a client, especially if, as hard as we work to get buy-in, you know, pride yes. of ownership <laughs> and a concept. We work so hard on our side, whether it's whether it's digital or TV or radio, whatever you're going out there with, you work hard on trying to – we we're all the smartest people in the room for what we do. 
but we do make mistakes sometimes. Sure. And, and, and when it fails, do you feel you ever feel guilty? Oh about? God, I feel guilty all the yeah. time. I yeah, look I at some of my awful. campaigns yeah. from Thank the past. Thank you for trusting me, but I'm so sorry that didn't work. At least we know now <laughs> it's not going to work for you. Right. But. And you have to own up fast. Yeah. Yes. You need to. You need to do the OPR thing, which is take responsibility and adjust. You know, hold on to that part of the branding campaign that you think worked, and maybe the client can hold on to and shift it a bit. And I think it's important also to you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You don't just have one thing that's, that you're going to try. Because if you only have one thing and it doesn't work, well, then you're going to get fired, period. Right. Because all you had was one idea. So if you have three, four, five ideas and one of them doesn't work, statistically here at Glacier, we do a great job. If we, if we present five ideas, four of them are going to go gangbusters. One may not be that great, but out of those five, four of them are going to really work well for you. So I think it's important when you're having those no conversations to have something else to back up after, to say, okay, we tried that, we thought that would work, that didn't. However, we know that this most likely will. And I think that lends itself to the general concept of mix. Yes, and media, absolutely. Media mix. Absolutely. And I think that's you know where Sam and I get together a lot is that mix between TV, radio, print, um, and the digital side. Yep. You know, and, and I'm getting ready to work on a cataract campaign, and all of a sudden... Direct mail is looking interesting to me, and I'm, you know, and, and, and I shouldn't be arrogant about the fact that, you know, direct mail is a 1% return or whatever. It's, right. it's appropriate for this particular case. Yep. And the geography yeah. matters. You know, Absolutely. Cleveland, it, am I going to go on TV or radio? No, because we can't afford it right, right, right out of the gate. So what do you come up with? What do we, as, as you know, the holders of the uh, magic pot of, of tricks that we come up with, you know, tools, I should say, to make a plan work. What do we do to be smart about the kind of money that they can spend responsibly and make it work so that they feel they didn't sell the farm and got some reasonable results? And I think it's it's easy when you have a good working relationship with a client to then be able to come back and say no to because you've you've proven yourself they're trusting in your efforts and they've been around for a little while so they've seen that one or two things may not have worked exactly the way they wanted to but seen all the other things actually work so it's easier at those points to tell the client okay this isn't working we need to to shift gears it's much harder if it's a brand new client and it's the first thing out of the gate that doesn't work it's much harder to come back from that i I think if you're going to go to the depth of saying it doesn't work you need to really be able to have some kind of tracking mechanism in yes. place. I'm thinking of a particular situation where a client ran a radio campaign in Houston and came to me and said, I just spent 30 grand and got nothing. But did you really get nothing? Yeah. You spent 30 grand. Right. I find it hard to believe you got nothing. Right. How <laughs> but, about But people in his know mind, he got nothing. Right. Be, but, but was he asking patients? How did you hear about us? Right. No. No one at the front desk was bothering to ask anything. Was there any uh, unique phone tracking number on the radio ad no you know how do you track people that heard the ad on the radio and type in the website you know right. these are the, these are the difficult things with you know being just like it didn't work right you know like it's very difficult to track the the complete effect of a tv or a radio campaign especially if you're giving them a website to go to so so let's now talk about the other side when a client has a really strong idea of how they think something should go and we know through our efforts we may have tried it in the past and it's been a failure how we how how we then have those conversations to try to convince them to not do something even though they're really gung-ho about it i know mike you've you've had many experiences with that over the years hannah you've had a couple sam i'm sure you have as well so i'd love to hear some stories of situations where you had to tell a client, this is not a good idea. Let's do something else. 
I think the first thing I've done is, um, especially when you know you're going on a, a trail that you think is going to fail, um, it, and they're excited about it, is show them examples in the marketplace, whether it's their marketplace or another marketplace. Show them solid examples that you can explain that say, here's something we tried, we assessed the market, we thought this would work, and it didn't. And you show that to them in a way, probably with a different type of client so that they don't take it personal. Sure. And, and you know, for me, it's examples. We're storytellers. And you got to tell, tell a story when you sell something. Yeah. And, and that's a great way for me to show it. I think and for clients to understand, it's like looking through the glass a different way. You know, why could this not work? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they shouldn't be the ad anymore. Because, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's super important. I think you need data and you need reporting and you need another example to show how it doesn't work. Otherwise, everyone's just guessing. We're just guessing. The client's just guessing. We need some data to make a, a real solid decision. You know, and I, I think you, you kind of uh, hit the crux of the matter a little bit there. And it's the fact that if we've been down this road before, not that the road's going to be exactly the same. But when you've been down it multiple times and you've kind of had the same result every time, I, I do think it's like our responsibility to just be on record of saying to the client, hey, these are my experiences with that. Right. You know, I'm happy to give this a shot. It's your budget. But just don't be expecting miracles out of the situation because this is my result so far. Um, and I think it's also important for us as marketing professionals to also be adaptive if someone is really pushing and it may have been a year since we've done something before okay maybe maybe things have shifted to such a degree that we can try it but having that conversation of saying okay we've done this before it hasn't worked we're willing to try it again because it has been a little bit but we're really not having high expectations from this as a concept or idea give you a very easy example um, working with reviews a lot, I've tried multiple occasions to get Yelp to remove a review, proven fraudulent reviews, etc. Has never happened. Last month, for the very first time, I was able to get a remove a review removed from Yelp. I tried numerous it's a times. I know, <laughs> I, but this is just an example of if you try again, sometimes the next time it might actually work. Tried multiple times, never happened once on a very flimsy case, and it totally worked. So, you never know. Yeah, there are some clients that it's difficult to say no to even having a relationship with them. But being able to explain the situation, explaining our experience in the past, um, sometimes getting Michael involved as (laughs) needed um, helps as well. But there's also the option to A-B test. So we have a strong idea. The client has a Uh, strong idea. Let's just put them both together, see which one actually works. We can't just rely on what we think is going to work. I'm pleasantly amazed when I look at A, B test results because I'll be like, no, this is the right one and then the B version wins or, you know. Yeah. I, I, you just can't predict that. You got you to gotta just do it. I mean, our business is to push. Yes. Uh, we tell clients, I'm sure you do too, um, if our job is to push you out and take a little bit of a risk within your comfort zone or you could do it on your own. Calculated get risk. Nothing. Right, a calculated risk. We're weighing the odds. We think you should wear a red hat. <laughs> you know, because you always wore a brown one. So it's not a big cause. It's not green. It's not blue, but it's red. And we think that'll help. You know, it, it's that adjustment that you can do that helps. And I think that the important thing, and we all seem to be stressing the same, the same thing, is having those conversations and the data to back it up. If you can, if you're an effective communicator, if you can have a conversation and put things in a particular framework, the chances are that your client is going to listen 
respect what you have to say. And at the end, they still may say, yeah, don't care. Still want to try this. Still want to see. But if we can, we're doing our job by having that conversation. That's what you're paying us for is for our expertise and our opinion. And I think it's important to remember to keep it creative. And I think, Sam, that's what you do great great sometimes. Me, not so good. (laughs) That's why I have a good team here. But, you know, like you're constantly coming up with ideas to move the meter. You know, if you just kind of put things on autopilot and you don't come up with new clever um, offers, you know, I think those are the kinds of things that like can make a difference between something not working three times and all of a sudden working. Right. Correct context, correct framework, correct, correct text, et cetera. And Mike's right, Sam, uh, you have fantastic ideas on, I'm sure not every single one of them work, no. but you're constantly yeah. trying to make sure and refine the things that you do to get the best results for your clients. And I think you do a pretty good job. Well, thank you. It's, you know, it comes from, we got to take a risk. If we picked this business. I didn't want to sell insurance. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, wa- I didn't want it to be set. I didn't want the safe course. It didn't get me excited and up in the morning. Right. You know, I didn't, I'm not doing this to retire. I'm doing this because I love it. And I think clients need to, and I tell, I've told people that work for me for years, if you're going to sell this, you've got to believe in it. You know, you really got to get excited about this. They like the energy that we get into. When we get in a good idea, it's no different what you do. You're going, this is, Michael, we just talked about a, a website that we're going to present in an hour. And we, said, and we both like this design. We, we want to be sure we're smart about it. And we liked it immediately. Now, the client may not like it. And we've gotta, we're going to be in that spot, which to say, listen to them. What is it you don't like? They probably aren't going to be able to articulate it because it's a response right out of the gate. Right. And we got to fish it out of them to find out what the source is. Is it a color? Is it a layout that they've seen someplace else? Is it um, a line? It could be any. It could be the, the picture. Smallest that, the smallest thing ever. The smallest thing. Right hand. I mean, it could be the photo on the front mm-hmm. that bothers them, but they're not going to say it. And you don't dump the whole thing. We, we can change the photo in three seconds. Right. Right. And I think, you know, part of your original question on the podcast, you know, it, you know, this kind of comes up with web design a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and after having built 500 websites here, I, you know, uh, you know, there's definitely a common denominator of like, you got to let the pros do what the pros do. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, and, right. and when it comes to our designers here, you're talking some of them 20, 25 years experience. And when there's someone who's maybe worked on one or two websites, you know, working inside a business, you, you really need to give the pro their chance to speak there. No, the pro doesn't always hit the mark. You right. know, like design right. is a difficult thing, and sometimes a brilliant designer comes up short. You know, but you know, usually they have a reason for what they did, and, and I think those things, that's a place that the client definitely needs to hear. You know, the expertise on. And that's a good point because you know we are in the business of designing custom websites and. We know what we're doing when it comes to designing those, and we design them for intent and purpose, for interactions, for um, click-through, for... Sales. Uh, yep, for, for sales, for the ease of use of the people that are going to be going there, and often those will butt heads with what they want their websites to look like and what they want to do. They want to cram tons of stuff in so that everybody sees all these fancy buttons, but we know that doesn't work. So these are conversations to go back and forth. We're like, eh... Trust us in this one. This is actually what you want. Right. And we could phase that in over time. Absolutely. I mean, we have uh, there's a great example I just had where a situation was we were shifting an idea that we had laid down for six months. We applied it, and it was working in the marketplace. And one of the uh, family members of the team, it was a big company, didn't like part of the main theme. 
something bothered him. Didn't know what. Just it was there was a negative in there. So we adjusted, and we had to. They, we got excited because we were coming up. We came back a couple weeks later with another idea that took the old idea, kind of evolved it into sure. another yeah. part to address this issue. And everybody got excited, and humor became part of it. And they started going, "Oh boy, we could do this and that and the other thing." So my, my partner in the thing. Um, he and I were going, and he really got excited about this. Well, we could do this, and we could have that in the background. Everybody was loving it and excited. And I said, all right, all right, that's great. It's winter. We can't shoot these things outside like this right now. <laughs> and I love this, and it's great. And they're going, well, why are you being a downer? I said, I'm not being a downer. We don't have unlimited budget. we got to make this work. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I'm going to schedule it, how I'm going to get that look. Right. Are we going to do a studio? It's just those are the kinds of things, the practical nature when you get excited that distract. Now, did I want to make them say no? No. All right. So I think the bottom line of what we're saying is that saying no is definitely part of the ongoing conversation that we're going to have with clients. They're paying us for our expertise, but we just we need to be able to do that in an effective way. Data is going to help back that up. We've been down this road before. We've seen that it doesn't work. Um, we've designed all of these sites before. We know that this is a very strong design concept for you. Things like that. But basically, it's just all about a conversation, being able to effectively tell people, this is this is why we're saying no, not just simply no. There's nothing wrong with being able to debate a topic with Absolutely. your digital agency. Absolutely. You know, clients that do that are probably going to get more out of the agency. Absolutely. All right. So as we wrap up, any final quick thoughts here, folks? Know your client. Listen to your client. Know yourself. Listen to yourself. Brilliant. Be open-minded. Keep the conversation going. I like it. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, once again for joining today's podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.